Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. You might be familiar with an old boxing trope where one fighter, the challenger, gets introduced in the ring with his height and his weight and his hometown and his record declared, and then the announcer will introduce the champion. And in this corner, the current heavyweight champion, and the crowd goes nuts. The champ is always introduced last and usually is the favored one to win the fight. In Revelation, we've seen and heard a lot about Satan and about his demons and his beasts and his influence in the world. We actually haven't seen Jesus too much since the very early chapters of Revelation. We've seen the agenda and the plans of the great red dragon, the havoc that is being wreaked on the world because of him and all of his efforts to destroy humanity. The record of the challenger has been well established. But now, in this corner, the reigning champion, Jesus, is about to make his big final appearance. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16 says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As we've been learning, much of the book of Revelation is open to various interpretations, but not this part so much. The rider on the white horse cannot be mistaken to be anyone other than Jesus. He's described with four different titles in this passage. The rider is called Faithful and True. Consider that. His very name is Faithful. His name is True. Jesus can't ever be anything but faithful and can only ever be true. This is who he is. That is his name. He also apparently has a secret name that only he knows. This sounds a little bit like back in Revelation 2.17. We read that a few weeks ago where the one who overcomes is promised a new name from God, which only the person knows. This secret name of Jesus speaks of Christ's own intimacy with the Father, but it also ties into Jesus' humanity. He is like us in his humanness, even in receiving a secret name from the Father, just like we will apparently receive. Verse 13 says his name is the Word of God. As with John chapter 1, Jesus is called the Word. He is the Word of God fulfilled. He is the Word of God released. He is the Word of God revealed to the world. Lastly, and most majestically, Jesus is called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The King title speaks to his authority over every earthly king and kingdom. The Lord title speaks of his authority over every other God and spiritual power, everything in all creation. There is none higher in heaven or on earth. Jesus is over all of it. The first time Jesus came to earth, he came peacefully and he came under the radar. He came as the Lamb. 
The second time Jesus comes, he comes majestically, on full display, not at all under the radar. He comes as the Lion of Judah this time, to bring war against the devil and destroy him for good. The first time he came to offer God's grace, the second time he comes to administer God's justice. There's blood on his robe, which may signify his blood shed on the cross, but the context seems to suggest that it might actually be representing the blood of the wicked. His sword is not in his hand as an earthly king would wield, but it comes from his mouth. The word of God is often referred to as a sword in scripture. By his word, he will overcome all of his enemies. At creation, God merely had to speak in order to create creation. At the end, Christ will merely need to speak to redeem that creation. Today, take some time to just meditate on this picture from today's verses. Do a Google image search of the second coming or the return of Christ, maybe to give you some visuals to help you. What is most striking about today's picture of Jesus? What is most profound for you? Take some time to pray into that and to thank God for it. Thank you.